Step it up. And we're live. So Donnie said, step it up. (laughs) Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Rodeo Time, the podcast. We've got a uh, a very exciting guest today, Mr. Jeremy Ray Melanson, entrepreneur and rodeo cowboy, uh, bronc rider, uh, traveling partner of Dale Brisby's. And um, yeah, just a really wise guy. He's kind of in my counsel. You know, not that I need a lot of advice, you know, because I'm Dale Brisby, but when I do, he's one of the three people that get called. So we're going to talk about, uh, what all do we talk about? A little bit about real estate, but then we get into like rodeo cowboys and what's the best way for them to, uh, you know, make some money and, and be wise with their money. And, and, and then we get into entrepreneurship and sales. We talk about it all. Life. Freedom. We talk about Marcus Luttrell a lot. Yeah, so this morning we went on a par- so we go in there and then he was like <laughs> he was he let his dog in and he's like, Yeah, just uh yeah, I mean like let her whatever, but if she goes to chewing on stuff, don't and I said, Sir <laughs> Marcus Luttrell's dog can do whatever she wants to do. She can chew on my leg. I will not reprimand your dog. We heard the nine one one call. Yeah. 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 Are you gonna talk about when we first walked up there though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The chainsaw. We walk up, yeah, and the, the garage door comes up, and it's a seven-foot-tall man with a chainsaw with a blade. I kid you not, four and a half feet long. And he's cutting something up, like right there, and he's got a mask on. It was terrifying. Sounds like it. It sounds like the way a Navy SEAL would say hello to his new podcast guest. Oh, it was yeah. just a big joke. It sounds insane, to t- yeah, because you pass a sign that says, like, welcome to Valhalla, and the next thing we know, yeah, there's like a an outline of a body on the bottom of this uh, garage floor. Yeah, and, uh, he's running yeah. a chainsaw. Yeah. It was pretty. It was a pretty wild intro. <laughs> yeah, and then his wife was like, yeah, Marcus, he's silly. He likes to play <laughs> jokes on people. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. But, yeah, we got a pretty... We're, we're down here in Huntsville. Uh, we're staying at, at Jeremy's house, and then we dipped down to uh, Marcus's house. He grew up in this area. Went to He's a bear cat. Or neighbors. Yeah. Not officially. He knows Cody Johnson. So <laughs> why you look at me like that? That's like one of y'all's one of your best friends. Yeah. Wh- who yeah. I no. introduced you to, you by did the way. Introduce us. You know, great family friendship. Jeremy's yeah. last name is Melanson, but Procom, when you call back <laughs> for callbacks, pronounces it Melankin. <laughs> so Jacob Scrawley, Sterling, myself, we all I mean, like, that is his name. Like, I'll say Melankin to, like, Lisa or so much. She'll be like, what? It's like, Jeremy. Well, anyways, I introduced him to Cody Johnson. We go to dinner, and for, like, a year, he thought his name was Lincoln. Yeah. Like so, the Lincoln Town Car. So, so Brandy was at uh, uh, at the at the hair salon. And she was like, yeah, we met these people and, and, you know, I was going to, I was going to look them up or, you know, talk to them, but I don't, I can't find them there. His name is Lincoln. And she's like, who? And she kind of explained this a little bit. And we know the, the, actually the, the people that own the hair salon are our neighbors and that, that lady, you know, we've known them for a long time. She's like, no, 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 Melankin. And she's like, no, no, I'm sure it was Lincoln. He's like, no, it was, it, it's Melankin. It's, but that's not his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Malone Song. Yeah. Malone Song. It's Cajun. Yeah. It's Cajun. Especially if you're talking to Cody Demos. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to deal with them. Special teams. You were the farmer. <laughs> Special teams take some laps. <laughs> they don't want to deal with them. 
I was pretty pumped because in the podcast today, I uh, got to organically refer to myself as daddy. So that's it always fun. It was not organic. It's never yes, organic it was. when you call yourself it's daddy. Hilarious. It's never yeah. organic. Dude, it my, could be hilarious. Not organic. It's my, hilarious. You're talking to your kids, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, daddy likes to call himself a yeah, there it was, organic once again. <laughs> so, daddy wants what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want to say my hands down favorite part was Marcus Luttrell. And onto the podcast. Gave <laughs> Marcus Luttrell gave Dale a compliment when we first walked in there and he says, Before we get all started, and he says, I'm gonna give you a compliment. And he prefaced it by saying, and then I'm never gonna give you another one. And then he goes on to just, you know, tell Dale like good work and everything, and then we all sit down and get started, and he goes, None of those cameras were running, were they? <laughs> like, there were seven cameras. Yeah, We've all one. got these iPhones in our pockets, and then there were six professional cameras, and he just goes on like a little 90-second spiel, like, hey, man, just really proud of you and like everything you've built, and this is really, you know, it's really neat. We watched the Netflix show. We love it. And I look at Donnie, and Donnie's like standing there with his hand on the camera, just like, yeah, that's cool. Man, that's really cool man. what he's saying. That. And I was like, is that thing running? And he was like, oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a, I don't Donnie don't church it up like man, that. Man, as good not, as all y'all stuff is, what are we like are what good what good things are we missing? Like are we missing the gold? Donnie's gotten pretty good about catching like because the candid stuff is the best. Yeah. When it's real. Right? Which is what you get with Dale Brisby. All right. I'm so honest you can shoot dice with me over the phone. Or over this podcast. Boom. Seven. You lost. Dale Brisby wins again. 90 points, now on to the podcast. Dude, I love the intro music. Yeah, it was a good find. Agreed. Whoever found that, really. Did you find it? Yes. Did Willie find Winnebago Weekly intro music? I had found that song first. I don't ever say this because I like to give him credit for things, but I actually, that's like the first song that pops up if you search Office theme song. Uh, and being a loyal Office fan, I have searched that on Jingle Punks. Well, that's good that you gave it to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And took it away. What he asked. I wasn't just going to be like. Also, uh, Willie is really quick to throw people under the bus. Yeah, man. That sucker, like, he will throw someone under the bus quick, fast, and in a hurry. Like, it's hard for me to just think of an example off the top of my head, but yes. I agree to that. Who did this? Donnie did it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Willie, do you know anything? No, I didn't. Yeah, but you were standing over there. (laughs) Do you know anything about. This well, actually, Donnie told me to go weed eat, so I set the weed eater down behind the can am and then backed over it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I cut all these trees down, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, in, in his defense, he will take the blame if yeah. it is his fault, and he's very respectful and blah blah blah. Great kid, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Um, do you have any interns yet? Not yet. It's it seems like a pretty good model though. Dude, you need an intern. I got one today. Actually, I, I got an intern today. I just didn't think to call him an intern. He's an intern. Okay, I'll call him an intern. What's his name? Well, he doesn't know he's an intern yet, so and I'm I'm paying him. You can pay interns, right? Yep. Oh awesome. Tyler. Wait, what? His name's Tyler. 
After hey, your brother? Certain, certain yeah, time. my brother. Your brother's an intern. He is today. You have so a brother? I do have a brother. <laughs> he's got he's two. an intern. He, he doesn't. He probably wouldn't love me calling him an intern. So he's going to quit ranching. Me. You know, I don't. I don't know if you can ever quit ranching. I think it's a mm. lifestyle, lifestyle kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, mm. today he didn't ranch. It was raining and it's cold outside. So we set him up an office in my office, and he's he really doesn't have a job description. He's just going to help me do what I do, and I'm going to help him do whatever he wants to learn how to do. So. Is he really? Yeah, he really is. And you're going to pay him? Yeah. Nice. I mean, I didn't pay him today, but I'm going to pay him for today. Gotcha. Yeah. You, and you, he surprised me. Like he, like, he got a keyboard out, or I set him up a computer, and he started to type on it. Like, put his fingers in the right spots and everything. I was really? blown away. Wow. <laughs> I had no clue he could type. Wow. I mean, he got upset that I didn't know he could type, but... I, I so, who's older? I'm older. Okay. Yeah, about like 10 years. Yeah, nine. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty close to 10, so... <clears throat> My, how long has it been? 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. Used to... Give me hard candy. Give me my first ride of horseback. My God. It ain't <laughs> new. <laughs> um, tell us what you do. Uh, I. So, anyways, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy and I rodeoed together, and he always has been doing stuff in real estate. All right. I have been in, interested in real estate since like high school. And when I say real estate, I mean like, man, it'd be cool to own a rent house. That just intrigued me and so jeremy was also um intrigued but he was just for some reason able to get started right away and now it's like what he does for a living like none of us ever really we thought you were like born with a silver spoon in your mouth or something but like you like i don't know i didn't know where your money came from okay like i didn't know how like i knew you could ride bronx good but i was just like not Maybe he's a trust fund baby, but then you, you weren't a trust fund baby and no. you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth, no. you know, quite the opposite. And so like, tell us how you made money and like, well, first start with like, what is your job description right now? And then we'll start at the beginning. Tell us like how you made money doing this. Okay. So I would call like, you hear people call, talk about serial entrepreneurs, yeah. I don't I don't know if that's a real official term or if it's the one we're supposed to use or whatever, but um like Gary Vee talks about before even anybody called anybody entrepreneurs, he wanted to be a businessman. You know, mm -hmm. like I've got those same thoughts. Like I want to work for myself. I want to build a business. Um so I've always felt like that. My mom owned rental property. Um I always heard about that growing up. They had their own business. Uh, that's, that's just what I went to. And then I, I just kind of expounded on that. So mainly our, our two businesses are, we're a custom home builder and we're an asset management company, which we focus on real, uh, real property income producing. So it has to be a real asset and, uh, income producing. Yeah. I think that's where, because like you'll show up and you'll have like paint on your hand or pants or whatever, but then like, you're also going to meetings with a suit on. And so. A lot of people just didn't understand that you were, you know, you had the construction company that you were involved in, but then it also led to you like managing like rich people's money, huh? Well, so it actually started out with the real estate. Like I just wanted to own rental property, but I couldn't really afford it. So I had to do all of the work myself. So um, <clears throat> during that, I met my partner, Tony, and we started, you know, we started 
remodeling homes and then we started building homes, but it actually started our first. Oh, homes like that we partner were, in business. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Partner in business. Gotcha. I mean, <laughs> yeah, all the way around, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, makes way more sense. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, I was just clarifying. Hey. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the secret, huh? <laughs> Lots of secrets. Or was a secret. Business. Yeah, it was a secret. It was a secret. It's not who you know, it's who you right. <laughs> yeah. So no, the building thing just strictly came from necessity. I, I do like building things, you know. I like I mean, I don't like building the same thing over and over again, which is re- really why I like custom homes and then I like projects. So like the investment side was really interesting projects. I could put the structure of the deal together and then I could also build the deal and um, and, and then kind of control both sides of it. So whenever you're, I guess <clears throat> all that doesn't sound that far off that's a, that's all pretty logical i guess it's just a little uncharacteristic for that kind of person to also be a rodeo cowboy specifically rough stock why you don't feel like that's unique no, i don't feel like that's unique i feel like rodeo breeds entrepreneurship i've said that all, all, the whole time you have to find a way to make money you can't get a job uh i mean i guess you could but you know you're gonna quit rodeoing to do it yeah. so you're always thinking of a way to make things work. All all businesses is problem solving and and staying focused. So, you know, rodeo doesn't. I, I was going to say rodeo doesn't always work out right. It doesn't work out right a lot of the times. Like your plan when you nod doesn't always go, you know, to plan. So, right. There's a lot of crossover. I'm there's yeah. a lot of crossover. Yeah, there's a lot of crossover. And between. and it's networking. Like rodeo is a, is. A, a lot about who you know in you know and and who you can get along with and who you can catch rides with and who you rodeo with and how that affects your your mental attitude and what you do go about the the day so it's the same thing with business it's all about you know your relationships like right now anyone can sell a custom home to be built because there's way more people that want custom homes than there are people that have you know that are that are building them mm-hmm. So it's not the person that can sell the house. It's who can actually get it built. And that's, that all comes down to your relationships. If, we're, if we have a skilled labor shortage and you only have a few contractors that can actually do the work, the people that have the best relationships with them are who, who's going to be able to actually produce that work. Yeah, that wasn't the case like five years ago. No, not at all. It, yeah. it really wasn't the case in 2009, 2010. You know, coming out of 08, it was a dead market. You couldn't sell anything and people would, you know, so it's funny because it's a it is a big shift. Like when clients come in, it's almost like it's almost like you're interviewing the clients that you want to work with now instead of the clients interviewing the builders. It's it's a weird dynamic to work through. I don't understand how like I realize, you know, when the pandemic hit that a lot of people were hurting. A lot of people lost their jobs. I don't think it was necessarily like a recession, but you know, like some things got tight. I just don't understand like how there was such a massive shift in like real estate, quote unquote, like inventory levels. Like why is there all of a sudden the price of a house has gone up so much and everybody needs a house, but there's not any, like I get that how that could happen over time, but how's it happened in like a matter of a few months, several months. Yeah. So it has happened over time. Like the inventory has been steadily lower and lower. And if you rewind all the way back to 2008, um, I don't know how deep we want to get into this. You you rewind all the way back to 2008. 
um, you've got all this inventory on the market that's got to be bought up before you need anything more. So there wasn't necessarily a lot of jobs to be had, so there wasn't on-the-job training. So if you were a contractor in 2008, that's getting to be 12, 13 years ago now. Yeah. You know, you you didn't have the work to have the guys or the, to have the employees, to have the crews, the teams. So you weren't necessarily training on the job, which is for the most part how guys in the industry learn how to do the work is they, they're on the job training and then they just, they just grow up through it. Well, if you have that lag in, in an industry, then who's now performing the work? You know, they, they've been in business, you know, now they've added 12 or 13 years to how old they were when they were doing the work. So you have an older demographic doing the work and less guys in training, you know, that, that know how to help them. So that's, that's where the skilled labor shortage comes in. So that's a, that's a depressed market coming up. Now, now that we have the, the supplies low and we have the demand coming back, well, then if you dump a lot of artificial money or, or even just the, the fear of what's going on, the uncertainty in the market, I think it moves money towards real assets. It mm, makes people want gotcha. to own something, get out of the currency that's gotcha. devaluing. So it's been coming anyway. It's been coming anyway. With they a, printed a bunch of money. People have money to spend. The supply to build those houses got choked. And so like all these, and people are trying to get out of a city. Then you add a lot of competition to that. Um, I mean, we're used to, uh, as Americans, I feel like we're used to mainly being where everything gets shipped. Mm-hmm. So all the materials are being shipped to us to build. Well, if um, Look at a time lapse of Dubai over the last 10 years. It was a desert and then a, a huge city. Where did that material come from? And where did it used to go? So if, if, if it used to come straight here with little to no t- competition... Now the rest of the developing countries are building and using that material and those, you know, now we're, we're, we're in more of a bidding war for that. So that competition on supplies doesn't help the supply chain issues either. So, you know, maybe COVID exacerbated or sped up a problem that was going to be there or coming anyway, but I don't think this was a a real surprise for a lot of people. Gotcha. Well, I guess I can see the connection between like being a rodeo cowboy and being an entrepreneur, you know, like I view it as that, I guess you just see more rodeo cowboys that they don't think of themselves as entrepreneurs. They, they, they do that. Like, like we know some guys, like I think you said it, you know, like, and this isn't a bad thing. Cause you know, he's going to say a bad thing. No, <laughs> like I just don't want it to sound derogatory, but it's just like, some of these guys, the only reason they care about money is because that's how you keep score. Mm. Yeah. If you break even, it's a free vacation. Exactly. Sterling crawling. Right. Money Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> Dale Brisby. Yeah. Like it, it's. Money's important. But it's important because they keep score that way. To I'm saying yeah. two people. Yeah. Like there's some people out there and there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's nothing wrong with someone who's just not concerned with money. Now, when they're done rodeoing, they will absolutely be in a different position than someone like yourself who was more focused on, you know, how you were going to make an income after rodeo. But anyway, I'm just, and and it it doesn't have to just be rodeo. It could be anything. You know, like there's a lot of people that are just focused on right now, this thing in front of them, and they're not thinking five, ten years ahead. Yeah, no, when, when I was rodeoing, money was less important about being able to afford to get down the road and more important about keeping score. Like, that's that's why I cared about it. I could figure out any way to make, 
you know, money, but I could only make that money that would go in that magazine a certain way. Yeah. You know, and that, and that was the main focus on that was to keep score. But the main focus on, on money in a business is just the lifeblood of the business. If, if you're out there to help people, you can only help people if you stay alive and put your mask on first. Mm. Right. So money is extremely important to a business because, you know, that's its lifeblood. It has a, it has to stay alive before it can help anyone. Yeah. So you talk a lot about like helping people and it seems like a, over the last year that I've been talking to you, you've talked a whole lot more about like helping contractors. Like that seems like a, like other people like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a tough industry. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are derogatory towards contractors. Um, and a lot of contractors do get in the business because they're good at building something or they, they worked for someone else. I was an electrician. I worked for another electrician. I'm, I'm a master electrician. Now I want to start my own business or, you know, I, I came up with a trade, you know, a trim carpenter and now I, I want to run my own trim carpentry company. That's not coming from a business aspect of growing a business. So, you know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about, you know, the self-employed versus the business owners, the owning your own job or having a business. A business is a set of systems. You know, you can sell a business, you can leave from a business and it still work. Most contractors own their own job. And if they leave, the income leaves and, yep. and they can't help any more than they can personally help. So uh, I knew that I wanted to create an actual business so that I could help more people than just who I could directly help. And so that, you know, that business wouldn't own me forever. I want, I want the personal benefits of owning a business as well. Um, and then that turned into where the journey really led. Like when you jump from the having your own job and like, like, especially if you talk to somebody that wants to leave their job, like, mm -hmm. do, like doesn't like their W2 job and they want to start their own business. Okay. That that's a really important jump. And, uh, I love that. And, and I'll have a conversation. I would much rather talk to you about what you're doing on the side than I would talk to you about your job because you're going to have more passion about that. They're, you're going to want to talk about it more. We're going to be more on an interesting level. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Well, we were talking about helping contractors. Yeah. So at that point, I really got into building the business systems. And, and that's where a lot of my focus is. And, and whether it's capital cash flow partners or turnkey, I really want to focus on building those business systems out because that's the way I can help more people. Well, then you can help a certain number of clients. If more of us can, can work together, um, you know, if, if I can help another contractor and they can help me and we can, we can grow our businesses together, then, then that's the more clients we can reach and more people we can help. So if, you know, I, I know, that I'm a part of a group, uh, the real estate guys have a syndication mentoring club and I really believe in mentorship. So I'm part of that group and Robert and Russ and the rest of the guys in that group help me grow my business a lot. Like a lot of the things that I'm yep. working on come from that group and, and I know how much it helps. So the, the more that we can get together and share ideas, like, like that's another thing is, is business owners really like to keep things secret. You know, a scarcity mentality is, is pretty prevalent and mainly all the success that I can point to has come from an abundance mentality. So the more that we can help each other, then the more we can all go out and help other people. Like it's a dangerous world getting a custom home bill. Like, like most people, if they really dig deep into a few questions, they don't have answers to them once they start building their home. And, and yeah. when the problems happens, if the right person looked at that deal, a lot of times you can foresee some of those, you can't foresee all of them. And we make mistakes just like everybody else. But I'm, I want to, 
constantly grow and learn to make our brand better. And if, if it can help other contractors and we can all, you know, make the construction world a better place, great. If nothing else, it just helps our business help the clients that we're working with, then that's, that's not a bad miss. Yeah. Huh? So <clears throat> looking back at your rodeo career, like, cause we get a lot of, I mean, I get a lot of guys like they'll, they'll message, you know, how to get started rodeo and how to get started ranching, you know, how to get started, uh, riding bulls, whatever. Like, what do you think is a good mindset going into, let's say a rodeo career? Like, like how should they look at money and what's like some practical advice you might give a young guy? Like, like how should they be thinking about maybe money or their side hustle as they're rodeoing? You know, because it's expensive to rodeo, but you also don't want to look up and you're, you know, 37 and you got nothing or the opposite. You're in complete, you know, up to your ears in debt. Yeah, that's when I put a lot of thought into just like trying to think of how I would start that conversation. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one because there's a lot of passion built into that normally. Like like behind the, the rodeo cowboy, a lot of times it's just blind passion. I'm going to make it work. And and it, it all kind of looks the same on the surface. Like we all rode in the vans. We all slept in, you know, in, in the back seat instead of getting hotel rooms and shared rides so that we, you know, we could help out on fuel bills and things like that. Um, but it doesn't mean that there's not a way to, I don't feel like you're forfeiting the passion just because you dig into it a little bit and look at it. Like if the math's bad, it doesn't mean you don't do it, but you still have to have a plan. Like you still have to pay entry fees. So, you know, just paying your entry fees on time saves you how much money in the PRCA. Like I, I haven't been yeah. rodeoing for a little while now, but you don't pay those fees by the, the end of the night. Yeah. You know, a lot of times that's a big hit and you're, you could be talking about a hundred percent, you know, doubling your fees basically. Yeah. Like with the right, with the right fees, um, attached to it or fines with the right fines attached to it. So, so you're talking about like just just, just manage, purely being responsible. Yeah, just some of the you. management. Like, just put a plan together is one of the big, big things. But if you're going to have a side hustle, I mean, it's just like any other business time management. I focus on sometimes on certain things, sometimes on others. Sometimes it's on the business. Sometimes it's in the business. Sometimes it's, a, a you know, another brand or something. And I try to schedule those things out. Um, you know, at one time I thought, man, I, I really think – or I know that rodeo would take would have taken more dedication from me to excel more than I did. So, so there was, there was, you know, I, I only made it to a certain level. I did only put a certain amount of focus and dedication to it. Now, whether I would have excelled farther than that, had I put more dedication or not, then, you know, that's an unknown, but I do know that there was more other guys were doing that I wasn't doing. So at one point I was like, well, no, you've just got to dedicate everything to it. And you know, that's, is that practical advice? Like that's a tough question yeah. of, okay, but you still have to, you know, eat and pay your fuel and things like that. Like, right. like how do you, how do you bridge that? Well, I got more questions, but you guys got any? <clears throat> so today, like, especially with marks and everything, ahead, we, ahead, oh, okay. Thanks, Donnie. <laughs> uh, we talked a lot about how 
some people are just a lot of people are just built differently you know he he talked a lot about some people built to be warriors some people built to be cowboys and everything was there ever a time in your life where you had you had like a steady job and everything and then all of a sudden this risk came where you wanted to be your own boss and you had to have to have that conversation with yourself you know to take that risk like was there ever, were you always like that did you always know you were going to be your own boss or was there a time like you were kind of thinking maybe maybe i could just you know no. settle with this no oh yeah, easy answer. I'm out of questions. Don't yeah, no, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, man. And I've I I've noticed that too. Like, um, my advice is always to go do your thing. Right. You know, like I I like Carly will talk. <laughs> Carly will tell me like, hey, not everybody believes that way. Not everybody's fit for that. And I and I didn't believe that. And now I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, yeah. like I don't know, I, I don't really know what the answer is there, but I, I do feel like, you know, maybe, maybe certain people, you know, don't necessarily want that push. Right. Um, but no, I did have a job, uh, when I was 18, I started riding Bronx. So I graduated high school. I started college at Sam. I took I, I loaded up with hours all on Tuesday, Thursday. So, yeah. that, you know, cause it was, why not? It's the hours of high school. Uh, I worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. And I failed every single class <laughs> <laughs> and only went to one rodeo. No, two rodeos. Yeah. I went to kinder and Uvalde. Uh, yeah. so that, that didn't work out well. So then I decided I was just going to, uh, CPR rodeo, UPR right. rodeo, and then pro rodeo. Yeah. And I was just going to, I wasn't going to go back to college for a while. And I, my stepdad has a oil field construction company right. in Buffalo and that him and my mom started, ran. Um, I, I can't remember. They, they, they closed it down about five years ago, probably. Right. Um, but anyway, they were doing that and I, I had, I, I did have bills and, and I had started getting into debt and, and right. so, uh, I, I started working with them on like a roustabout crew. Uh, then I, I got a, a CDL and started hauling rock and right. uh, heavy equipment with 18 wheelers. And then, um, that, that, the work kind of started to decline around the, the 2007, you know, right. 2008 mark. And, uh, I started working with my mom in the office doing the accounting yeah. and, and the business side of it and seeing a little bit more of that. Theirs was definitely an, an own your own job thing. They didn't have the set of systems put together, but they were they were solid making a living, mm -hmm. doing what they wanted to do, you know, on their yeah. own terms kind of deal. So I got to see that part of the business side of it. Right. Um, and and then I decided I met Carly and in, in at Sam and I was rodeoing a lot more. So right. I, I decided to hang the whole working thing up and just go to college and then yeah. I just, whatever it took to make a living, but I was always really interested in rodeo. I mean, in uh, real estate. So we would, right. do, we would flip, flip houses, uh, do remodels, uh, I built fence, sold cedar posts out of my front yard, like right. anything that I could do to not have a job. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm good with, with being, it's not that, that I have anything against being an employee. Like I have an amazing team and we're all building a business together. Like it doesn't really matter whose name's on it or who we started, we're all there building a business. We're all doing the same things. I have a team of, of five of us that, that we're all focused on the same goals. And it's just a really cool community to work. We just go together and do whatever we can do to right. make, to make that brand work. The working for huge corporations and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and the government is a big corporation as well. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a lot of passion for that. Right. 
Well, no, it's just fun. You know, hearing you say this and everything, you're telling it like anything I could do to not have a job. You just listed off 12 or 15 jobs that you had. Yeah, I don't mind the, the whole time. Exactly. So I think, no, that, that that's just it. I mean, it sounds like your biggest secret is, is work harder, you know, work harder. But it doesn't sound freedom. like work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the free, freedom is the is the single driver right. for everything that, that I have ever had any interest in. Right. Uh, somebody else pointed that out to me. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it's, it's, man, if when, you know, when there's a, a school deal at, 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, I go. Yeah. You know, because I, I can. If we want to take, if we want to work, you know, through the weekend and then take the next week off, then what, you know, that's the freedom of doing that. The freedom to work with the kind of people that I want want to work with to, right. you know, believe the things that we believe as a brand. Like if you're on our team and you really don't believe in what we're doing, you're, you're not going to last very long because it's it's a real big part of our day. Right. Well, and, and by the way, sorry, I was on my phone. I was texting Marcus Luttrell, so... No big deal. This guy. No, I, I don't name mean to drop. name drop, but <laughs> bloop. <laughs> um, I think that you know you would you would probably speak to this like that. Freedom is great, but when a lot of people hear you know that word freedom, when in terms of like money and everything, you know they 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 see themselves like uh, the ultimate quote unquote passive income where you're sitting on a beach, you know, drinking margaritas all day. I personally don't drink. I like to go to a beach for a couple of days a year. But really what that freedom means is like, you're actually going to work harder yeah. at your job. You just get to dictate when and where you go. And so it doesn't, I think that, that that's, it's, I believe that God created us to work. Absolutely. Think, you know, think about how odd the concept of having so much wealth, you don't have to do anything is. Yeah, and, and think about and, how odd that is. Like, and, think, talk to a caveman and go, "Yeah, but you collected so much from everyone that you don't ever have to stay alive again. You'll just be alive. It'll be fine. You won't have to like, right. you know, stay warm or eat or or do any of these things. You know, like, no, just like, imagine what kind of piece of trash that person would turn into. Just yeah, nothing. No, yeah, you're no. doing nothing. You'd be the worst caveman in the world. Yeah, I remember I worked for this ranch once, and I remember one of the owners and everything. You could tell he he. When you saw him in the morning at like 10 o'clock, he'd either be just just livid, ticked off, or he'd be you know, a happy-go-lucky dude. And we finally found out what it was, is that he was on the stock market. And he played it with a limit, so it was like he could, he could make up to $10 million or he could, lose up to, he could lose only about $5 million. And I remember the, one of the guys I was working with was like, man, it must be something to have that kind of money. And it was like, no. I mean, just to have that much kind of money, it was like, you just, you're just trading some problems for other problems. That guy might not have to worry about keeping his lights on today, but... I probably won't ever lose $10 million one morning, you know, yeah. or, or make that. So it's like changing numbers. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, you don't, when you get rich, you don't, uh, you don't lose problems. You just change them for other problems. Rich people commit suicide. Yeah. Too. Do right. you feel like you know? stress is different? Like, do you feel like there's different levels of stress? Like, I, I wonder if everyone just maxes stress out. Like you might be stressed yeah. over different things. You if may look at someone else and go, "Oh man, I could, ne I can't handle the stress I'm under. I could never handle that kind of stress." But right. they're not stressed about the same thing you are. So, do we all just max out on whatever we're stressed about, whether whether it's relevant? Hundred percent. Yeah. So we're all the same amount of stress. Pick what your stress is. Yeah. If a rich person has ever committed suicide, then that should tell you, oh, maybe money doesn't solve all the problems. Yeah. Life right. will always be life. Like no matter where you go, no matter what you have, you know. Problems of the living. Now there's a there's a there's a balance, you know. So like if we are 
you know, like as a rodeo cowboy, you'll see somebody win a chunk of change, mm-hmm. you know, and like I think just be wise. You know, there's a, you've got an opportunity to be wise. And I try to, you know, I was telling somebody earlier, like you can ask yourself, is this right or is this wrong? Or you can ask yourself, is this wise? Because there's a lot of things in your life that aren't wrong to do, but they're not wise either. Right. You know what I mean? Like, man, I won 16000 at these in these two weekends. Uh, I'm really thinking about buying a jet ski. Is that wrong? No, it's not wrong. Is it wise? No, it's dang sure not wise either. You know what I mean? Like, and and that's where people get caught. Like they just kind of go with that. So like, I'm not saying people should look through the lens of money when they're trying to find success. But on the other hand, like, you know, if you're given a little and you're responsible with it, then sometimes you can. Anyway. Have you ever seen anybody frown on a jet ski though? Solid point. <laughs> and and here's the other thing. If that person if that person wants to buy that jet ski and they and they then that's great. What I wouldn't want to hear from that person is them complaining three years later as to why they don't have money for a down payment on yeah. the house. No. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So long as that if that person knows that, a thousand percent that's okay. What I don't want to hear is them complaining five, eight years later, like about the man or the government or taxes like hold on hold on let's back up here you know like you can probably yeah. you know you made that bed let's let's sleep in it yeah i got zero problem with someone who's got a great attitude that broke even rodeoing and they look at it like a free vacation that's a bad to the bone happy go lucky dude and and we know those people and there is not a dang thing wrong with them that guy is not going to commit, you know, he's not going to do that thing that that rich guy did. Like you'll see more depressed. It's the guy that gets there and he doesn't have that good attitude about looking back and thinking it was a free vacation. And he's just like, man, you know what I mean? So I I think it's all about like, where do you want to get in life? And it's also what you've signed up for. Like you mentioned being broke at 37, still trying to rodeo. What, I mean, are you broke at 37 and you're happy and you're you're on your own and you're only responsible for yourself or are you broke at 37 and your family's at the house struggling? Did you sign up for that responsibility and then not show up? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's going to take a toll on your mental state and definitely your relationships. Yeah. So it, it kind of depends on what you sign up for as well. Like we go through life, we sign up for all these different things while we're in the moment and then all our chapters are mixed up. Yeah. You know, so like Jacob Scrawley's grandmother sat you know we were there one day on just kind of going through from a rodeo i probably told you this story a hundred times but she she talked about living in the chapter you know like like be happy in the chapter that you're in and when you go to another chapter commit to going to that other chapter don't don't drag up you know what you were back in 85 i throw football over those mountains kind of deal and then (laughs) you're still still down (laughs) at the bar hanging out with your football buddies trying to talk into it's like hey this you're you're mixing chapters up a little bit so you know like being happy with the responsibilities you've signed up for being committed to the responsibilities you've signed up for, you know, sometimes it takes giving up other things that you like doing, but it's time to transition chapters kind of deal. Yeah. I was going to ask him like, um, just a quick break mid roll from our sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to, we'd like to thank the lone survivor foundation, Mr. Marcus Luttrell, this book here, find it lone survivor 
written by Marcus. Um, Team Never Quit podcast. Subscribe. Sorry, that was a mid roll. Yep. You know, he and I are best friends now. Yep. And I had to do that. Also, a hit movie starring Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I just really enjoy interrupting you, Don. Oh, I know. I figured. Um, you really just kind of answered my question, so I don't even know. If now I should. we don't get to hear his question because you're commercial. <laughs> yeah. But uh, sorry, I guess what I was gonna say. Um, you seem to be like you see a lot of guys kind of maybe hang on too long, but you you or like give it up too soon. I guess maybe even on the other hand, but like you kind of went out, and I I feel like you have no regrets about quitting rodeo like quit riding bronx because you just were found something else you were passionate about or maybe even more passionate about and kind of left it all on the table i guess in bronc riding but did you miss it at all man i think like i don't think i knew this at the time but i think if we do something because we really enjoy doing it Mm -hmm. and not because of what we can get out of it or the box to check or okay, we're done or we got here. Like, I think that's a, a, a big, a big problem with some of the goals folks set for business. It's like, okay, well, once I get here, everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. Or once I get, once I win that $16,000 check, I can buy that jet ski and everything's good. Yeah. Well, everything's not good at that point. You're just getting started. You can either use that momentum to roll or all of a sudden you're, you know, your jet ski's out of gas. You don't have time to ride it. And that $16,000 check's long gone and you're back in the grind and his life's just not fair again, you know? Like, so I really enjoyed rodeoing and I really enjoyed who I rodeoed with. I was, I was strategic about the people that I rodeoed with, not because of how the judges would look at me when I got there, but about the person that I would, I would be around them. You know, like Mm -hmm. I, I might've caught some rides with a few guys that I didn't have similar values with, but I didn't consistently rodeo with guys that did not, not saying I was right. Other people are wrong. It's just, I felt comfortable with that type of person. So that's the type of person I was around. And a lot of them were way more successful at rodeo than I was. Um, but like Dale Brisby, like Dale Brisby, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no, I, I I was ready to do the next thing when I got to the next thing. I was, I was fully committed. I feel like, um, I, I really like to jump into things before I look at them too well. Like, and the, the better I get it, like looking into things, I think it's almost, it almost can be a hindrance because, you know, you can talk yourself out of anything. Yeah. So, um, like, like partially that, that willingness to jump is great, but too much ready fire aim, you know, it, it can, can hurt 100%. you too. So if you I wait mean, till you got it all figured out, you'll never, do never it. do it. You know, like I, I built this thing we're in because I want to start a podcast, but I have no idea how to stop. I'm looking at y'all's mics, you know, hey, I, mean, man. I can order these. Anybody can do it. You got to, yeah, <laughs> no, you, can do it. you just start. Yeah. Dude, people that have been listening to every podcast, they know that there's a few podcasts that the sound sucks just because we didn't know what we were doing, but you just got to start, you know? This is way different than last time. Last time I was, uh, I just I had was that talking, you stole that watch middle. off my, you pulled that watch off my arm because I was banging it on the table. Yeah. And then I listened to it, I was like, that's why he did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't get headphones back then. Yeah. I think the other reason why it was, maybe i don't want to say easy but simple for you to transition away from rodeo is uh you talk about you know like that moment you're driving across wyoming and it you know you you knew where you wanted to get in life like 
which is a conversation a lot of rodeo cowboys try to put off. Yeah. But you knew by this age, you wanted to have this kind of life, so it meant you needed this amount of income. Yeah. And rodeo wasn't going to get you there. And so if you backtracked, all right, so if that's by that age, whatever it was, let's say just hypothetically it was 52, you know, and let's say you were 30. All right, so I've got 22 years. If I need to get to this income by then so I can have the freedom to do with my family whatever I want, yeah. how much do I need to make each year? You did that math. Rodeo wasn't going to be it. Yeah, yeah. On the trajectory I was on, rodeo was not going to be it. Or I hadn't I hadn't <clears throat> gotten rodeo to produce that. Like, I wasn't married when we were rodeoing most of the time, but I was with who I was going to be married to. Like, I, I was, yep. you know, I was committed. I just, we just hadn't gotten married yet. Right. So... When I started looking at it and thinking, okay, you know, what age do I want to be in this this time period? What age do when when am I going to start having kids? What do I want to be able to do with those kids? What when how what type of life you know when we get married and start having kids? What type of life do I want for my family and and traveling all the time, rodeoing, making what I was making was not going to be the answer. Like if I was going to rodeo full time, I was going to be able to rodeo full time at a level where I brought them along with me. And yep. I, I, I couldn't even support leaving them at home, you know, we're off, off rodeo. And so, yeah, I was, we were driving through Wyoming and I said, okay, what kind of plan do I need to put together to do X, Y, Z? And man, I actually pulled up a uh, har going through Wyoming and found the property that the grounds is built on and Dang. flew back in, put in an offer on it. The other two tracks were sold within the day. I mean, within the week. Uh, like it was a really quick deal and it was, it was, it was weird how well it worked out. Like, and then the, the whole plan worked out nothing like my plan. Like yeah. it, it didn't go anywhere near the plan and it, and it really bring like, you know, you hear sayings or cliches or whatever, and some of them speak to you and some of them don't that, that shoot for the moon and you'll land amongst the stars a hundred percent because it, the plan that I wrote down on paper, it may look similar, but it, looks, it doesn't look nothing like what happened. But it was it was still great what happened. Explain to to the people what the grounds is. Because it seemed like kind of the, the pinnacle of your when I tell people your story. Let me let me tell your you story. Tell my this story. is how yeah. I tell people. I mean, people I don't want to I don't want a commercial break hitting me in the beginning of my story. <laughs> so, so then well, you correct me okay. if this is wrong. Yeah. That way I'll know. So Jeremy is working for your you're working for your stepdad. And you now at this point at this point I was going to college rodeo. No, no, no. I'm oh. going back. We're going back. Okay, he's working for your stepdad. I'll say, you're shut up, Jeremy. You're hustling a little cash. You buy 10 acres in Buffalo. Yep. You build a barn dominium, and you live in it. You then find a place in Huntsville and Drew Road, a couple of acres, and a trailer house. He skipped over the fact of the part that I met my amazing wife on Bowden Road, but yeah. After That's fine. That. Oh, just property. So just but then you road. rented the one behind you. So you're you're on Drew Road in the trailer house, then you move over to 190 manufactured home, and home. Oh, I wouldn't match. You you kept Drew Road the the, the manufactured home. You yeah, rented yeah. it out. Yeah, you rented out. So so now all of a sudden you've moved to your third home, yep. and you then you find that other house. You rent it out. Mm-hmm. Then you're driving across Wyoming. You've accumulated half a dozen or less properties after just, you know, grinding it out for the next down payment, improving it yourself, you know, just bare bones. And you fly home, you make an offer on the grounds. 
your stepdad <clears throat> dissolves his deal, but he's got this awesome crew that can build anything. You scoop them up, start your own construction company, and you start building duplexes on the grounds. Yep. Me and Tony. Scrapping together each down payment. And then through that, you pretty much built your construction company, which is now Turnkey Construction. Yep. And then and that crew we still work with today, we owner financed all the equipment to them. They made their last payment yesterday or today. Dang. Last payment today. He so owns they all are- the equipment. He's a subcontractor. He can work with anybody. Uh, we put him into business or helped helped him go into business. Um, we, we still have conversations all the time about how, you know, what he can do, what, you know, it's, it's really, it's really cool. I'm super happy for those dudes. Yeah. So, and then you built up the grounds, mm-hmm. which was 42 units. Yeah, it's 40, a horse property, got an arena, got a, a barn horse stalls. stalls, 78. Yeah. 42 units, 78 horse stalls, an arena, uh, traps, pastures. Dang. Yeah. We had a hard time finding anywhere to keep um, my wife's a breakaway roper. So we had a hard time uh, finding anywhere to keep a horse. And so um, she was living in my place in Buffalo. I was living at her place on Bowden Road here in Huntsville. So we just swapped because she started teaching school in Dew. And then um, she got a job in, at Swift Energy in Houston. So we were going to move back to Huntsville. But, but I had given up that rent house or she had given up that rent house. And I'd moved back to Buffalo because I wasn't going to, you know, I was just going to drive it. And, uh, she sent me three listings. I went to look at the nicest one, and I didn't get out of my truck. And I was like, no, no, we're, we can buy something. And that's when we bought Dura Road. And we uh, Listings for rent houses. Yeah, she sent me three listings for rent houses. And uh, the first, I, I chose the nicest one and pulled into the driveway and backed out. Like, I wouldn't even go inside. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. Um, and I knew she wasn't going to keep a horse in, in what was there. And uh, so we, brought, we bought that place on... Dura Road, me, Jacobs, and Sterling moved into it, and Carly, and uh, we cleared it, built a little two-stall barn uh, for Carly's horses, and then bought a place on 190, you know, remodeled that, just like you said. From start to finish, yeah. how much time did it take to, let's say, I mean, finishing the grounds, that took a couple of years, but like it from, was, from start to finish, like at least buying the grounds or was, getting started. It was real slow at first, and then it went faster. So like five years? Yeah, it was five years. Uh, well, Turnkey was started when we bought. So I bought the grounds. I actually went to hire a builder. Um, you know, he was gonna he was gonna start forming the slab on Thursday. I'm there with my cup of coffee at seven a.m. and about ten, I was like, "Well, I guess he's not coming." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I called him. Nothing. Called him all day Friday. Nothing. Called him Saturday. I was like, man, I don't know what to do. You know, I'd never hired a builder before, so I emailed him Saturday and said, hey, man, I think I'm going to go a different direction. And he emailed me right back and said, in business, sometimes that happens. I was like, what, is, what did I do? <laughs> like, what, like, what is going on, you know? What um, the hell? So, yeah, and, and Tony was like, man, we just need some help. Like, we can build these. Like, it's, it's no different than what – Tony's got years of experience in construction, right. yeah. so he, he wasn't worried about new construction. Which for some reason, your partner. Yeah, so for some reason, new construction scared me when remodeling was way worse. Um, but, yeah, that, that crew came down, and Malcolm, who is on our team now, he's a superintendent with us, Malcolm came over to show us how to do all the trim and everything and actually brought his brother Ira to, to help me learn how to do the trim on the metal building. Me and Tony framed him up, sheeted it, but Malcolm came and helped us, you know. And now he works for you. Yeah, now he, he's he's part of the team too. And then 
<laughs> another buddy of mine, Cole. He's uh, he works with us. We've been friends since the sixth grade. Not you. Oh, but you could. Well, yeah. You want to intern somewhere that's better? You know. You, I mean, not better. But yeah. You know, yeah. different. Well, Sorry. Take him. No, that's no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie said, "Take him." <laughs> Y'all so, just go ahead. I'll yeah. stay here. Yeah, and then my mom does our our books, and and Tyler is is the new uh, Dale Brisby appointed intern. I appointed him, but you called him an intern. That's a pretty like real story, you know. And coming from somebody who uh, just didn't, you know, he wasn't. You weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth, uh, like I used to assume. Like. <laughs> But essentially, just it's just like, man, I don't know how he does that. Well, you know, you got to be wise, number one, and then you just work for the next step, and you're working towards the next step. And uh, Keith Mundy at American Hats, he told me, he said, you overestimate what you'll do in a year, and you underestimate what you'll do in five. And that's what happened with you. It's like, man, I really want to get a, a lot done this year, but then if you look at the, the span of five years, you went from, you know, renting a place to – selling you know selling all those and starting the grounds yep but um i guess the reason why i spelled it out like that is just like that to me gives a lot of hope to just the everyday person you know and it may not be it may not be real estate that they want to get started with but like starting a company yeah anything and yeah. and that's the people i want to have a conversation with that's who i want to talk to you know like like that's that's kind of the focus that we want our podcast to be around is you know taking the jump to working for yourself, like almost everyone, you know, has something that they do on the side. That is what they really like to do, yeah. what they wish they could do all the time, you know? And, but the, I also have experienced the problems through a lot of that on the way through to working on building the business. And it is an ongoing thing. Like it's something we're working on right now today. And I just, I think it's a good idea to document that as a way through it. If it's for no one other than ourselves and then talk to other people that are going through the same thing and we can all learn from each other because it's not an undoable thing. It's actually, it's actually what it's going to take, you know, like I think that's what it's going to take for, for like society to be happy. You know what I mean? Like we're, yeah. we're not meant to be a part of a machine, you know, like when you work for Walmart, you are a part of the machine, Yep. you know, like that's why so many people are unhappy with those types of positions. I feel like is because where's the real purpose and passion behind that. So most of those folks are, it's either a temporary thing that they're transitioning through or, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a later in life thing or it's wait until they get there, you know, but they yep. all have something else that they like to do, you know, and, and that's who I want to talk to is, is someone that's already doing those things what what conversations do we need to have that would help all of us grow into a scalable business that you know so i've had two people two girl two girls come to mind uh, number one is caitlin you know she was did a lot for our company she dale brisby's personal trainer worked for us for three years and uh, she recently left and you know she came to me actually like six months ago and had like conversation her and i and she was she had enough side gig clients you know that she was programming for and helping them for at a distance um for her personal training she's a personal trainer and um and she was like i think i'm ready to go full time and i was like yeah you should have done it yesterday you know yeah. but you know like i was gonna lose somebody and yeah. essentially her job i had to i had to hire two people to replace you know she had so much on her plate but she she went full time and uh but it was such a it was such a good conversation you know yeah. like i congratulated her and I, I feel like a lot of the people that come into our 
organization are, are short term. You know, they're they're now <clears throat> the other girl that comes to mind and, and if they are short term, that's great. Like I want them to pursue I don't expect somebody to give me their life. Now the other person that I was thinking of is Lisa. And she's like the warehouse manager. She does our books. She's just like and uh she's been working for us for even longer than but the like her DNA, like she loves she got five kids, single mom. If it's five o'clock, like she, she, I've never had been around anyone that works as hard as Lisa. At five o'clock, if if we're done, she gone. Yep. And she checks out, she turns off, and she's good at it. She's not as stressed. Now, she's begun to get a lot more ownership of the deal because she's turning into more of a partner than like a manager. But she was cut out, and I believe her DNA was was such that like, She'd rather be the number two at rodeo time than go take on the stress of being number one at her own thing. So what do you think her own thing would be if she started a business tomorrow? Um, knowing her skill set, something with like accounting, you know, like having a, but she, she doesn't have a degree. And so like, she, yeah, but starting she, her own thing. She doesn't need a degree to start her own thing. Well, I don't so like know what laws there own. are with CPAs. Oh yeah. Like, like, but but she could still, you know, she could still do exactly what I don't she's know doing. She would, I don't know how she would scale it without having, you know, being a CPA. Like, she's great at keeping yeah. books, but I'm not sure where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, but. So, but, but she could do the exact same thing. She could thing. do anything. This woman is. Yeah, like what she's doing for you, woman. she could do as a business for you or for anyone else that that needed that. If she could scale that business or work that thing, but what she's doing right now, how is that much different from that? You know what I mean? Like I, I agree. And I don't know. I mean, yes, some people are, are, are cool being a number two, but like why, like Lisa probably doesn't need to have her own brand name as the name of the brand. Like she's still building a business. Yeah. Like she's building a business just as much as I am yep. or anybody on my team is. It just has a different brand on the top of it. But you you just mentioned partner, you know what I mean? Like whether she's a, a partner on paper or just a partner in what y'all do every day, it's the same thing, I feel like. You know, yeah. she's still building the business. She's not she's not working for a corporation that is just clocking her in and out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not just part like, no, you do this, but you put this bolt in this hole. That's what you do. Like, yep. okay. That's what how who's gonna get passionate behind that? Right. You know, like the Industrial Revolution turned work into this big, you know, treadmill. And I yep. you know, I don't think people are cut out for that. I think people are meant to to work their whole lives. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that that has anything to do I don't think those things are related at all. Yeah. I guess in in my mind I'm just I'm not saying that I guess it's hard for me to just throw rocks at either one. You know, like I don't think everyone is cut out to be the number one so in the company. I don't think everyone is cut out to be, you know, in a machine. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> there's times when you got to do both. What do y'all think? What do you got? What do you got on the side that you've wanted to do? Oh, music for sure. Really? Well, I've just always done it and I've listened okay. to him. Can you hear him? What he has to sing something. What uh, yeah. Oh, wagon no, wheel. He doesn't sing very good. <laughs> wagon wheel. Yeah. Sing yeah. me wagon wheel. I can sing wagon wheel. He like plays a guitar okay, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, Donnie. Um <laughs> Thanks, Donnie. <laughs> uh, definitely, you know, definitely music. Um that that was always something. I, I wanted to buy cows for a long time and uh but uh 
I, I just just didn't know that enough about it, you know. Um, I was around a lot of guys, but you know, I I've definitely don't have the same gene you do because I, I a lot of times with decisions like that, I do suffer the paralysis by analysis, you know, o- overthinking it, and uh, and I like to study it, and it, yeah, sometimes it. I am a little late to pull the trigger on things and music's a big one of those, you know, I've had opportunities to go record stuff and everything, but just never, you know, it was just kind of always one of those deals where it was like, ah, I don't know. You know, I, I'm old going over to come to Texas for a long time. Uh, like just, just crying for no other reason other than like, I don't know if it's a good idea. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. It, yeah. Well, anyway, I can help facilitate that. I didn't realize that you were that, passionate about that in particular everything you and i've talked about like you kind of mentioned music but well i mean it was just it, it was just one of those deals man i've i made a lot of money through it i mean just always playing in bars and i always i was just always curious like well, what if a guy put in just like 10 percent more effort into this if it would if it would ever pay um yeah that was just that's just one one of one of several things yeah. Uh, man, I, I mentioned it last night, but I don't know about it in this context. I'm reading a book right now called uh, The Practice by Seth Godin. Yeah. And my, man, it, it really comes down in in that, in like, what are you doing it for? Who are you doing it for? Right. You know what I mean? Like if, if it's just to, to do the thing you enjoy doing, like if you just go ride Bronx to ride Bronx and not go ride Bronx to win this certain thing or to do this certain right. thing, you know, like maybe, maybe that. I don't know. It's it's. I can't explain a whole book in no a, I, in a minute because I'm I can't you know. Otherwise, I'd be an author. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's 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 about it being a practice. You know, right. it's about it's being just something that that you have to offer the world. Yeah. And it's your responsibility to do it professionally so that the world gets what it deserves out of you. Right. And then you know, moving forward, not necessarily just for the the what comes of it. Yeah. No, and that that makes sense. And you know, I, one of the questions I had for you, I mean, because you you talk a lot about just being in love with the process, and so so does Dale yeah. a lot. Like you know, I mean, it's not if you do it just for the just for the end result, then you're constantly you'll you'll always yeah. come up short. You know, so I mean, what's um, what about the process of the of, of the things you do, the businesses you're involved in? Like, what's what 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 keeps it going for you? Like, what's your What's the spark that just keeps drawing you back to it? Because it's constantly something different, and it's a challenge. It's yeah. it's a it's I feel like something has to be right outside of your reach. Right. Like if you put, you know, you know, uh, a Rubik's cube, yeah. you know how to do a Rubik's cube. Yeah. How many times do you do, do you solve that today? Well, I don't have one. But, but if you, if yeah. like, do, you don't have one, that's right. the point. Yeah. So when you were figuring it out, when you were learning it, did you have one on you? All the time. And how many times did you do it in a day? Countless. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But at some point, it's it's too easily attainable. Right. Right. The challenge is gone. There's no real purpose behind it. You start losing the drive to do it. Now yeah. you'll damn sure pick one up when yeah. there's a crowd that, that it fits, you I'm, know, and it's, it's a cool trick that you can do. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. <laughs> so it, it's still a cool skill that you know how to do. But as far as being an everyday driving practice to get better at, right. I just you know, most people don't end up on, you know, America's got talent with being able to do it out of a paper Novelty. sack without touching right. it, you know. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of of why I find building businesses so interesting and is because one, there's a, a, a super purpose behind it. Like you're helping right. people, you're helping your team, you're helping the, the clients, you're helping your family. Like you're like you're doing something for the world. You're not just here taking from everyone. You're right. providing something in the community that that's given something back to you. Yeah. And it's right out of your reach. 
Like there's days that I feel really, really defeated and that I know I did everything wrong, but it's like, it's okay to not know how to do it yet. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're so frustrated that we don't know how to do it, but then things that we do know how to do that are easy to us, we don't want to do every day. Yeah. So where, where does that balance come in? Right. You know, and how can you keep your mindset okay to where you're okay sucking at something? That's Marcus Aurelius, if you will. Really want to get better at something, you have to be perfectly content with being thought a fool. Yeah. And yeah, yeah no, it's, it sounds like, um, like, yeah, being afraid to fail just doesn't sound like much of a problem for you. For you. Uh, That's, I could have yeah. worded that better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, I, I was kind of worried, like, waiting on a failure. Like, man, like, everybody talks about how much they learn during the, during the downtime, the failures, you know, like, uh, Russ Gray had a chance to interview with, uh, Donald Trump and he said, you know, Hey, what did you learn in the good times? And what did you learn in the bad? And he said, well, I didn't really learn much in the good times, but in the, in the bad times, I learned that it's you know good to keep a little cash. Right. <laughs> well, it's everybody's learning these things in the down times and in the failures and all that. And I'm like, man, what is this big failure going to feel like? And how much is it going to hurt? And what's it going to do to my, right. you know, am I going to be able to get through it? Like, how am I going to handle it and all that? And then the more you go to thinking about it, it's like, I mean, there's so many times I failed. Like most of the things that I planned out yeah. did not go according yeah. to those plans. Right. And that's a failure, you know, to some degree. Um, and, th- and then there are a ton of lessons to that. So maybe, you know, maybe sometimes the failures don't seem so devastating because, right. because you're so in the, in the thing that you're trying to learn how to do, you yeah. know, like, I don't know. Ah. Yeah. Do you ever really fail though? Like if you don't quit, like if you don't quit, is it really a failure? Like right. You, like you got to just keep grinding it out. Yeah. And like. Yeah, that's true too. Um, see it through to the end. Yeah. No, that's that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's kind of like we were talking about in sales. But do you realize you, it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's important you know, to realize. Yeah. Like your like, your 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 setbacks, like your peaks and valleys, yeah, and like, but but learn like, from it. Like in sales, it's like, you know, selling vitamins in college. I realized that most of the time when someone said no, because it's a quality product, yeah, you know, I'm still, I still take them, you know, however many years later. And like a lot of the people that I thought might enjoy it or benefit from it, I would introduce to it and they would say no, which is fine. On to the next one. No is the second best answer you can get, by the way. Yes, obviously is number one, but no is second. The third one of not knowing, that's the worst. Mm. So anyways, you get a no, and it's like, that's fine. You just go on to the next one. But what usually happened was it really was a not right now. When they said no, they really meant not right now. The only caveat was when they did change their mind, were you still doing that thing? Yeah. So like I, I eventually did quit, you know, I got busy rodeoing and I still take them, but I, I just, I quit selling products. And so like now it's like, you know, I got this new thing, got an apparel brand, you know, rodeo time, but essentially, and people have reached out to me, you know, it, it for a few years after that, like, Hey, you still selling that vitamins and stuff? And I was like, but it, it, it was always a reminder. Like that wasn't a no, this person came back and it's yeah. a, it was a not right now. And so that was like, that was sometimes when you met with that rejection, which it just, when you said that, like, if you don't quit, you know, you didn't necessarily fail. You didn't, that no was a not right now. But you didn't technically quit. Like, you're still a salesman. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, in it, sales, it, correct. Yeah, like 100%. Everything kind of. Yeah, just selling something different. 
Yeah, the whole I can sell ice to an Eskimo thing is like, why would you want to sell something to somebody that didn't need it? Yeah. Like, what is, what is the checkbox that you're trying to Well, to I think the whole there, purpose you know behind I mean? that is just to, to talk about somebody's a skilled salesman. Ketchup popsicle? <laughs> that sounds disgusting. <laughs> that, that analogy always grows me out. But, like, yeah. Like, sometimes you don't want to spend very much time around those skilled salesmen. Yeah. You know, I think a, a good salesperson is somebody that can connect a solution is somebody that has a problem. 100%. Like they might not know they have a problem or they may not know that your product is the answer to the problem, but if you believe that it is, you know, then it gives you... Well, and that was, it was easy for me to sell vitamins because like, so like leading up to that point, like dude, if I was going to a rodeo, if I was exhausted all day, every day, didn't matter how much sleep I get, and then, like, the best case scenario for me, like, I'm going to get eight hours, nine hours of sleep, and then before I go to the rodeo, I'm going to take an hour long, two-hour long nap. And then maybe I'll have enough energy when I get there. But the 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 energy drinks from the gas station just didn't really do it for me. But, I mean, that is what I had to use, but it just didn't feel like it. And so I switched, you know, and, and this stuff made me feel great. And it's it's really over the last decade, like, I feel great. You know, I still do. I still take it. But the point is, is, like, so now all of a sudden, like I'm selling something I legitimately believe in. Well, who doesn't want to have energy? Right. Literally, if you think about it, right. you know, that's everybody. That's why it was easy for me to, I didn't have to sell ice to an Eskimo because, well, do you want to be alive? Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> if you take this, you feel even better. A lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. like who doesn't drink water or something? Like if you're a water salesman type deal. And so that was why, now, what I've transitioned to, you know, with, we're getting into a deep track Dale Brisby, by the way. I ain't never talked about this stuff on a podcast, but like transitioning to like, I mean, I was selling yo-yos in third grade. Like I love to sell stuff. I hate sales, but I love sales. Like I don't want to be the salesman that you're talking about. Yeah, right. Like right, me and you right. experienced yeah. down in Florida. Oh, man. Like I don't want to be that, you know? <laughs> and like, so like when, when Black Friday comes around, like I enjoy that moment because like Picasso said, real artists ship. Yep. That's yep. what I enjoy. I enjoy, I enjoy thinking up a product, branding it. I enjoy like somebody discovering Dale Brisby on social media and over 90 days they turn from, uh, somebody that doesn't know me to somebody that knows me, somebody that enjoys me to a fan, to a customer. That's an interesting process to me. Now, if I sell nine things in a year, that's great. If I sell 900, that's great. I just enjoy the process. Yep. I don't have no damn dream of like buying an island. I just enjoy rinsing and repeating those fundamentals. But like, so anyways, Black Friday comes around like I like it because I like to see stuff ship. But I also don't like it because I don't like really want to be a salesman. Like I, I like to entertain people. So that's why I say I like it, but I don't. Like I'm an entrepreneur and I got to pay my 16 employees. But I, but I also, I don't want to be a... But you created something for an ideal person and watching it ship, you know, just verifies that or validates that, that you offered the right thing for the world. Yeah. For the, for the people that have the same value set that you have, the people that you thought would like this, this thing, whatever that thing is, you know, whatever the widget is, you produce something for the world and the world validated that you were right in producing it, yep. that it was something that they, that would make their life better. Yep. Real artistship. Real artistship. That, that's, man, that book is really coming up. So Jeremy, Dale's talked to, Jill talks to all of his interns a lot about, you know, building your brand. 
have you know having a few things that you know make you interesting to people and like things that you can stand by and you know for for Dale and rodeo time and everything it's obviously it's cowboy rodeo ranching and everything also quality and it's entertainment and it's funny what are some like what are some things about your brand like what what makes you stand out like when you're besides you're a great guy and deliver quality products and everything i mean yeah. like what's what makes what's going to make me call you yeah no so i, I talk to him Honesty. as much as i can about about you know he understands the brand at a lot higher level than than a lot of us do i think um so getting that brand across isn't not like I'm I'm not great at getting our story out. I don't I don't know about like well, like we're working on that. Um, but yeah, like I will I will admit to honesty and transparency. Yeah. You know I'm I don't want to give you good news. I want to give you the real news. Yeah. You know like we had we had a client you know that that me and Malcolm are in the house uh, Friday. And there's, you know, supply chain issues, roll up doors or, or garage right. doors are, are hard to get. And uh, he said, hey, when's my garage door going to be here? And I, I said, well, I, I don't know. Malcolm just stepped outside. He'll be in here. Malcolm came back in. Um, I said, hey, when's the garage door? And Malcolm said, oh, I scheduled it. And he said, yeah, but when's it going to be here? He said, well, Trevor said four to six, four to six weeks. And uh, he's like, okay, well, that's two weeks ago. So, you know, two to four weeks is when my door is going to be here. And I right. stopped him. I said, no, no, no. Two to four weeks is when we were told your door was going to be here. Your door is going to be here when your door gets here. Like not like not <laughs> yeah, being, yeah. Right. being confrontational, but I just want to make sure we're all on the same page and the expectations yeah. there that like the truth is this is an issue and we're going to be the best at helping you work through it because, right. you know, we are doing a lot of things to, to fill these gaps. But, you know, the the – the transparency doesn't necessarily mean only giving the good information. Um, I, I want to work through what our problems are, uh, you know, with you and, and what problems are in the industry. Like there's some serious things you got. There's some, there's some hurdles. Now here, we're here to help you through them, but I'm not going to act like they're not there. Cause that's right. just a surprise on the back end. Um, a second things are relationships, man, like relationships. Uh, I believe that, that that's that that the social capital or the community that you're around like that's the most important thing that you have or or that you can have and the relationships are for life like i i don't want to help the client at an expense of a contractor i probably have a deeper relationship with the contractor to be honest with you because we're going to work with that that guy on 10 houses we may work with you on one you know it doesn't mean that i that i'm that i'm going to lean towards them and you're going to get something unfair but it means that I'm not just going to side with you and, and jump on, Oh, it was a contractor's fault. No, here's, here's the issues that they were going through too. Let's all talk through it. You know? Yeah. So, um, I want the clients to, I want to always be able to call them. Um, you know, I, I want that relationship to last. I, I, I really like when something goes wrong with the relationship, I, I really, that's, that's one thing that I'll put everything down normally and go address. I've got a few, uh, stories about how relationships didn't go real you know, didn't go right. So I, I just put down everything and drove over to their office. Now, perfectly transparent. Yeah. They didn't all work out still, yeah. but I still, I, I, I could sleep that night cause I went and addressed the yeah. conversation, you know? Um, and always learning. Like, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in the past few years is not necessarily knowing too much or thinking I knew too much, but thinking I had to show up as if I knew too much. Right. Like I, I was, I was okay with needing to learn all the time. I, I thought, right. okay, that's learning and that's being open. But when, when I would talk to somebody, I, f- I feel like I would err to the side of 
knowing that conversation at a higher level than I necessarily knew it. Right. Which meant, yeah, they were getting whatever I knew, but I wasn't getting anything from them because what are they going to offer up about it if I already know everything about it? Right. So I didn't learn what I could have learned in the conversations with people that I would talk to because I felt like I had to know so much that I didn't leave gap for them to help me know what I didn't know. Right. So I wasn't as open as I thought I was. And I, and I, I try to get better at that. Yeah. So that's for, that's a personal take, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I said all that from a personal take, but I believe the brand should reflect who you are as a person. Right. Otherwise you're not going to, I don't think you're going to be able to su- successfully navigate those or you're going to be happy when you get out the other mm-hmm. side. Cause I think your brands do need to, you know, at one point, that's another thing that I, I probably made mistakes on is trying to make these brands something, even though I wasn't necessarily like that. Right. Definitely didn't work. Like it always came back to who I was at a person. That's who the, that's who the brands needed to be right. as well. How dare, how, how dare you have that kind of self-awareness? You know, to, yeah, to, uh, I just you can't, can't believe the transparency, but no, that's, uh, I've just, yeah, that's a, that's an incredibly astute, especially in from what it sounds like your line of work, I know you have repeat customers and everything, but you know, building somebody house, it's not the sort of thing that, you know, they're we're going to want one next month. You know, it's not a product. As soon as you finish eating this popsicle or whatever, you're going to need to buy a new one. You need to keep them, you know. I like to um, think that if they never build another house, that's okay. But if they did, they would call me. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it's not the experience. A lot of people that I talk to have had, right. Like, it's not the experience. Like I, I watched, um, like my, my mom and my stepdad built a, a new home on their property, the right. same, same kind of thing you would hire me to do. And they went down to Houston and walked into a, a large brand that had models on the freeway. Yeah. And it was a, it was a horrible experience. I mean, it was one of those stories where they walk in and they look 17 foot tall in the air and their vaulted ceiling. And there was a little yeah. round, uh, white, uh, fixture, ceramic fixture with a screw in bulb and a pull chain. 17 foot tall in the air they're like what what is that and they're like that's the light package you ordered what that's not the light package it was in the contract you know like what what is like wow. this is a custom home well it's a customizable home is what they should have said you know what i mean yeah. like that's what they are is they're customizable homes and you get what's in the contract right and and the, the client feels safe but it's anything but the the, right. the larger those systems get you know and they they have their place i'm not i'm not saying anything bad about them i cannot produce you a home for the same price that that a dr horton can i can't do it i don't have those relationships i can't get the same costs you know but that their system's not our system it's it's different and that's not and that was a big awareness i wanted to get there like i thought okay that's that's what success looks like for for home builders right not for us like yeah. when i learned more about what it was going to take to do that i realized it was really off brand like it was a really off personal brand of of what that was right so yeah that's another Keith Monday quote, bigger is not always better. Better is better. Yeah. <laughs> better is better. Yeah. We usually end each podcast with some life, life advice. What you got? Man, this, see these last questions are what gets me every time. Yeah. I don't know what, what, what's good life. <laughs> that advice. surprises me because man, like <laughs> you were like so intelligent. I'm, so, I'm not I'm trying to blow smoke, but like, it's almost intimidating to like, tr- like ask you questions. Because, like, I really have to pay attention to you because you will go off. Like, if I ask you something, you will go off on something and just, like, be talking about things. I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) 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 Don't don't look away because you might miss something. Dude, Donnie's my favorite. Is that your interested (laughs) face? (laughs) Well, I think what Donnie's trying to say is it just made him feel good 
that you don't have life advice ready? <laughs> no, I don't because Donnie often doesn't have life advice. I, I, I very often use the same generic, the same life advice. Yeah. Oh man, I'm on I a, don't know. a lot of these. So. I feel like we just had a however long conversation about life advice. Like I got, I got that's nothing. true. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like I got those to, things. Mine is uh, one hit me that Marcus said. Uh, Mar- Marcus Luttrell, we're on his podcast morning. Uh, the guy that thinks that the glass is half empty has never been thirsty. Oh, yeah, that's good. That one, especially because you hear that half empty line, like I've heard it my whole life. and I've never thought about it like that. Like that is a very simple way to put it. And the moment you get that perspective, the moment, I mean, like you're thirsty, that glass is not half empty. Give me that some buck. Like we've all been yeah. at least a little thirsty and you can, if you see a glass half full or it ain't half empty, it's half full when you're thirsty. Yeah, we, man, when and when we focus on like when when something negative happens, like it's it's hard not to focus on it. Like there's studies that show that the the negative is five times more potent than the than the positive, yep. you know. So and if we can be grateful for all the awesome things that we have going on, it normally dwarfs those negative things. You know, like I'll have things that I'm that I'm pretty heavy stressed on when I get home and something's going on and and it and it's not it's not like I'm taking it not lightly. It's not like it doesn't affect people's people's lives, part of my team or somebody that's working with me or whatever. Like that like real when real things go wrong, you know, my little boy still wants to dress like me. He still wants to do the things I'm doing. You know, my wife's still, you know, happy when I get home. My little girl still runs up and screams yeah, but like he sucks so, it. Hide and seek. Yeah. So. He sucks it. I, I spent okay, 20 the minutes 20? in your shower waiting on your son to find me. Never yeah. found me. What was he doing? Well, when I went out there, he was playing some different game. Yeah, that he wanted to do without you bothering him. He put you in the shower to leave him alone for a while. I, oh. I do it to him all the time. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's your life you. advice, Cole. Write stuff down. Lots of, you know, a, a, a lot of stuff and... Uh, Marcus Luttrell told us something today. I think, I don't know if you already brought it up, but uh, oh, wished, we went on a podcast with him. I did. <laughs> See, this is why I got to write stuff down. No, definitely um, write stuff down. Uh, Marcus Luttrell, he told us about, he wishes there was a city where people over a hundred years old would live and, you know, and they were taken care of and everything. And they, you know, they could, they, they, they just lived there and everything and they could kind of be those spots for wisdom. And uh, I think one of the, one of the best things for me that I ever started doing was just writing stuff down. Even if it was, it was horrible because when I first started writing stuff down, I was thinking, uh, I'm going to write this down. So if somebody reading it, they think I was just like the, the biggest badass of all time, you know, like, oh, yeah, I killed a buffalo today or something. And then um, no one's going to think that I realized I just, yeah, all, all I had done was just written it, written it a horrible non, you know, like fictional book. And um, so once I actually started writing down just just everything, you know, any kind of piece of knowledge I wrote or a mistake I made and everything, it really uh, made me remember stuff a lot. A lot better and uh, help help me help me retain wisdom a tad yeah, bit awesome. better. That is a good idea. What you got, Donnie? Um, I guess uh, you never. Wh- what's funny? <laughs> Cole says I, my Missouri accent sounds aggressive sometimes. Sometimes it does. You sound. Like, hey, what y'all doing? Yeah, you sound like Hank Three, like starting to sing that hillbilly funk rock music. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I said, I quote. Um, <laughs> you you never you never really fail until you quit, and I guess that comes from uh, listening to Marcus Luttrell in person. Um, team never quit, so like 
you know. When y'all were on the podcast with him? I, I personally <laughs> wasn't on the podcast. I was just in, in the run, room. Yeah, I was running the cameras on the cameraman, something. But like y'all that. had a moment. Yeah. He can't, he did. He, yeah. He, he, kept he, would, he kept looking at Donnie and I, when, and he would, he would even he knife hand us every <laughs> couple of times. And it was, yeah. There were a couple of times in that podcast where he, he would talk to Dale and he goes, you know what I mean? He'd point straight at me. <laughs> and it was and just one of those deals like, yep. And I would say, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, well, yeah. If you guys are interested in being notified when these podcasts come out, text the word podcast to 940-353-0890. Also look up Jeremy Melanson, M-E-L-A-N-C-O-N. Uh, Jeremy Melanson, uh, and uh, yeah, find him. Oh, sorry, find him <laughs> on Instagram. Find him on uh, TikTok and soon to be YouTube. Look out for his Don, podcast coming. Soon. Donnie tried to pay you back with an interruption and just interrupted the part where you talked about me. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I realized that like when I did it. I'm sorry, Jeremy. That reminds me of a time, and <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. On to the next one.